Hey, it's me, Molly Cox, with SA 2020, and I'm coming to you with The Story Goes, a collaborative podcast between SA 2020 and KLRN, where we talk more specifically about the stories that you're hearing sort of in the media and on the book of faces, and then unpack those stories to really understand and learn more about the individuals and organizations who are disrupting, sometimes quietly, because sometimes it's quiet, and sometimes louder. Uh, which is also enjoyable. So today I've got um, Don Dixon, who's a fancy executive director of Connectability at Warm Springs, which is also my friend, and we keep realizing we're going to get the giggles. So I apologize now. Because Good afternoon, Molly Cox. <laughs> what was that? That's um, my podcast voice. That's your podcast voice. Great. It's, we're, we're basically turning into that uh, shtick on SNL where it was like, yeah, good times, good times. Um we wanted to talk more specifically about, and the story goes in San Antonio, that our population is growing exponentially. Over the course of the next 20 years, we're basically going to double in size. So another million, 1.1 million people will be in our community. We also know, right, that um, our senior population, the Texas Demographic Center, has shown that people aged 60 to 74 will increase by 82 percent in Bear County in the next decade. And for 75 plus, that growth becomes like over a hundred percent. So we're seeing population sort of exponentially uh, grow in San Antonio and our infrastructure, I hate that word, but I'm going to use it, but our infrastructure, particularly as it relates to like sidewalks and public transit, um, our commute times are already expanding, our vehicle miles traveled are becoming more and more. We see uh, our complete streets are not keeping up with what we need. Our sidewalks are not as nearly as accessible as they need to be. And it starts to feel like wah, wah. And then we start having these silly conversations that are about sidewalks and streets. And we're not having, I, I'm going to say, like, broader conversations about why streets and sidewalks are important. Because they get us, right, to the jobs that we need and the schools that we go to and the health care that we need. And... I think it's funny or at least uh, interesting to me when an organization was not built to think about one thing and ends up having to think about mobility and accessibility and transportation because of the work that you do. And I wanted to learn more about it's a new ish organization. You're three years old. Right. right? Mm hmm. Tell me a little bit about, like, what connectability at Warm Springs is, and then I want to sort of circle back and bow tie onto this idea of accessibility. Okay. Okay. So connectability at Warm Springs, as you said, we're new-ish, um, just have been around for three years. The programmatic initiative of the Warm Springs Foundation. Okay. I think in San Antonio, lots of us are familiar with the Warm Springs hospitals. Those at one time were owned by the Warm Springs Foundation. Okay. Sold about a decade ago, which is where the Warm Springs Foundation got a large corpus of their funds. Okay. Warm Springs Foundation provides grants in the community to nonprofit organizations. But about three years ago, they decided, the board decided that they really saw that there were um, uh, gaps in service okay. for folks with traumatic and catastrophic kind of life-altering injuries, okay. like traumatic brain injury, spinal cord injury, amputation, stroke, those those kinds of, you're leading your life one 
one day this way and the next day after this type of injury, your life is completely altered. In our report that we put out in January of uh, 2019, um, which you can find online at SA2020.org, um, we specifically highlighted a man by the name of Joe Trevino mm -hmm. who had a traumatic... A spinal um, cord injury. That's right. He mm -hmm. fell off a roof. Um, Correct. While and, he was working yeah, and, as a carpenter. And it yeah. has drastically changed his life, mm -hmm. and he's been working with you at yes. Connectability. Yes. Okay. Um, so one of the things we do is try to connect people to resources. Okay. Um, I guess the fancy term is care coordination, but really it's about helping people navigate what is a very complicated medical system. Yeah. Um, and that's just how generally. we... Yes, just generally. And that's how we met Joe um, very shortly after his injury. Um, when he was a carpenter and doing very well... And the next day, he was in the hospital and would stay in the hospital off and on for almost a year. Wow. Okay. And you, is there, y'all are the only organization that's doing this type of work in San Antonio? Like, S certainly not connecting people to resources. Not, okay. not connect, no, of but course. around this these types of catastrophic injuries. Okay. Yes. And to me, right, these catastrophic injuries, it's important to sort of, the idea that one day you're like walking down the mm -hmm. street and the next day you're not. Correct. Right. Like it's, yeah. it changes your life yeah. exponentially. And you don't know what you don't know of until course. you're living it. Right. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't get out of my house because I don't have a ramp. Right. Yeah. So when we think of accessibility, mobility, and we're thinking of like sidewalks and streets and transit, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. an organization like yours who is also helping navigate the m most complicated thing, I think, mm -hmm. it, which is healthcare mm -hmm. generally, um, is also now saying, ugh, how do we yeah. right, connect to ramps, mm -hmm. better sidewalks, transportation? Because a catastrophic injury, while that happens overnight and mm -hmm. just in the wink blink of an eye mm -hmm. uh, getting to places when you are now in a wheelchair right. or without the ability to sort of spontaneously jump in a car correct yeah it changes it changes everything yeah it changes the lens in which you look at the world it changes the way you live your life and oftentimes people become so isolated um, simply because it, you know they may have to once they qualify for certain types of transportation okay. that 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 is available to them, they then may have to wait three weeks to get a ride to their sister's home. Okay. So there is no spontaneity. Got it. Um, and I, th I think as a result, I mean, people start living a very small life. Okay. Um, inside the bubble of their the home. Bubble, or... in, exactly. Right. And it, and it Certainly, and it should not be that way. No, not at all. And particularly, the reason I bring that's uh, right when you think about a, ci a city like San Antonio that's so sprawled out anyway, mm -hmm. decreasing that bubble yeah. is even worse. Absolutely. Uh, because there are so many things. Yeah. And so then it not only takes its toll on the person with the disability, it takes its toll on the whole family. Of course. So then. So then we're looking at systemic changes within the family. Yeah. Um, and, and so you think, well, gosh, transportation can't, certainly can't impact all of those things. It can. And it does. Okay. Um, in our community, um, when we're looking sort of at the information or data, right, We the population of people in our community who have disabilities mm -hmm. um, and are of, I'm using working age because that's what the census calls it, right? Yep. It's like 18 mm -hmm. to 64 um, year old. Right. Um, we're looking at about 13% of our population. So it's not an insignificant number, no. not that even 1% would be. Right. 
right, not significant enough, but it's a large population. And I'm curious how when we talk about things like accessibility or shrinking bubbles mm -hmm. or um, not being able to be spontaneous or looking for jobs or mm -hmm. getting to schools or ma navigating health care, uh, when we talk about um, this population of people who are active members of our community mm -hmm. contributing economically as well as brain power, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, there are so many different things that have come out of understanding that when we work very specifically towards making sure that everything is accessible to everyone, Correct. right? If uh -huh. we do things for people who are in wheelchairs, mm -hmm. it benefits everybody. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's the curb cut effect. Yes, absolutely. So if we, so if you look at the most vulnerable population mm -hmm. and you say, okay, this is the bar. We're going to make things accessible for this group of people. Just like you said, exponentially, it grows. Automatically, you have, you have increased capacity for numerous groups of people sure. to be able to. But we, we think about transportation almost upside down. Right. We don't think about making it the most accessible right out of the blocks. Right. No, of course. That's that's unfortunately an afterthought. Yeah, it's the idea of like choice writers versus need writers, yes. right? Like, hey, I want to be able to get on my app and do yes. do a scooter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we're not thinking about, well, people who need it. Yes. It's a very different conversation, mm -hmm. right? And I yes. think in San Antonio, particularly, as we think through um, with people sort of using phrases all the time, like equity lens mm -hmm. and equitable outcomes, et cetera, if we are meeting our community's needs mm -hmm. and thinking through histories, challenges, et cetera, mm -hmm. then of course we we change the way that we're even creating programs or efforts or whatever. Yes, we, we think that that is not an afterthought or a secondary thought. That is forethought. That yeah. is right in the in the in the front part of our minds. And you know, as 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 I've heard in the in the the realm of folks who work with older adults every day, just like you said, the population is going to just explode. Yeah. And you know, the silver tsunami, yeah, right, right, is coming to San Antonio. It's one of my favorite phrases. Yeah, the I silver can't tsunami that we is call coming. It that. Um, but if you think about it, 70% of older adults have some type of mobility issue. Okay. So so when we talk about older adults and people with disabilities, really, we're talking about one and the same um, for the, it, it, in a large part of the population. Yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, and it's too large of a group to leave out of the planning. Okay. So when the Warm Springs Foundation said, hey, let's, let's start this organization, mm -hmm. Connectability at Warm yeah. Springs. Um, you were the founding executive director. Mm -hmm. That's why you're very fancy. <laughs> That's Cause, right. Because I added the word founding <laughs> That's to That's right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, you, this is like a, you were like super, I, I know I said earlier we're friends, but I, re, like, I remember you taking this job and you were like so excited mm -hmm. about this mm -hmm. position. And it feels like this is like the space for you. Mm. And I want to know how, like, where did this come from? Um. Well, I mean, just personally, I've always worked with people with disabilities. Okay. Um, started out a long time ago working with adults with disabilities and then worked with children with disabilities for quite a while here in San Antonio at Any Baby Can. So when this opportunity came around to create something based on what people are telling you they need. Yeah. Um, and to be able to, to start that from the ground up, that was very exciting to me. Um, and I think... You know, we have the luxury of creating and shaping this program based on what people are telling us they need, not on what we think people need, but mm -hmm. on what they're telling us. 
they so need. There, and sometimes those sometimes there's a disconnect there. There, yeah, I think that happens all the time, right? We uh, policymakers, program providers, um, people who are leading efforts mm -hmm. are consistently saying, like, I believe that that those people, which we always yes. it's like we're doing unto mm -hmm. as opposed to right having the conversation that says no, you tell us and yeah. let's pivot. You tell us and let us do what we can to support you, yeah. not to fix you. No, of course. But to support you. Yeah, right. And I think sometimes when policies are being formed, yeah. um, it's, 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 they're formed sometimes around fixing as opposed to supporting people. Yeah, of course. And I think um, particularly, like, we've the, we've been sounding the alarm, right, in San Antonio for Bear, San Antonio and Bear County um, at large for years, saying we're having a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that we're growing so fast, mm -hmm. our infrastructure is not, not keeping up, up with yep. it. Um, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, mm -hmm. right? It includes things like finally having a real conversation around housing affordability, mm -hmm. finally having real conversations like uh, there's a strategic plan uh, around mobility connect SA, mm -hmm. connect right? SA. is mm -hmm. happening right now. There's um, even uh, collaborative efforts happening around aging in place, right? So the mm -hmm. successfully aging and living in San, San Antonio. Antonio. The salsa Look initiative. Look at me remembering I know. that it's not the just salsa, salsa. initiative. I, it's so silly yeah. and also enjoyable. <laughs> um, how the San Antonio Area Foundation has like groups of people coming together to really determine hey, we, we need to be focusing better our resources on community needs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm curious as when you got this started at Connectability, I, I know that it's like out of the gate, you're thinking traumatic injury. Yes. First and foremost is making sure they're connected to healthcare. Correct. Right. Yeah. Like a healthcare provider yeah. or the resources they need mm -hmm. within healthcare. Mm -hmm. Did you know that it was going to expand to potentially transportation, mobility, job searching? Like, did you know that? Um, you know, uh, no, okay. I didn't. Um, but as as we started working with more and more people those kinds of things were bubbling to the top very quickly that, um, you know, because I don't have the insurance that I need yet, I can't get a ride to the doctor yet. Okay. How do I do that? Okay. And, and I'm using a wheelchair or I, my injury is so severe that I need medical transport and I don't have the insurance yet to cover that because right. of course, you know, to get Medicare, once you have a significant disability, it's a two year wait. Oh, wow. So, you know, so again, these big gaps that, that we see. So if you need a medical, um, an ambulance, because you may need to go on a stretcher okay. to your doctor, until your insurance kicks in, you have to figure out a way to, to, to get there and pay for it. And is that something that your organization then figures out yes. for someone? We, okay. we work with someone side by side to, to try to really help them navigate all of those benefits. Because again, this is something that you are, you have, once you have sustained a traumatic injury, you are walking into a world that most of us will never understand, will never know. Yeah. And it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. Right. And you go, oh gosh, we need a system for that. And I, I, I don't know where to start. So we really help people navigate those benefits. Okay. Um, and fill in the gaps during those waiting periods because there's waiting periods for all of that. Yeah. I, I'm, I guess it's, again, it comes back to sort of uh, it being a forethought rather than an afterthought, right? Mm -hmm. So even our healthcare system, um, 
it's not thinking about it forethought. Like if you have a traumatic injury, mm-hmm. there should be no wait. Right. Like the next day you should be able to walk into or wheel into or Mm -hmm. do whatever you need Mm -hmm. in order to get the thing. Yes. 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 You should be. But that's that's not the case in this country. So thankfully, um, there are organizations like ours and many, many others around the country and certainly here within Bear County that help fill those gaps um, while people are in that holding waiting mode to get the benefit that they need to then try to live life more fully and become um, contributing members of society again, go back to work. Um, Yeah, I think what struck me about Joe, um, Joe's story, and again, you can read about it um, in our report, uh, was he was a carpenter doing mm -hmm. really, really well (laughs) and just fell off a roof. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, like, so simple, right, (laughs) to just, I'm doing my job, I fell off a roof, and now I can't do that job anymore the way that I had always done it. Right. Um, And I can't imagine, right, you wake up on a Tuesday, and you're going about your day, and then you wake up on a Wednesday, and it's totally different. Totally different. And I I don't even know that we as humans, right, like in navigating the world, (laughs) even think about what would happen if tomorrow my day started completely differently than today. Right. And do I even know the person to call? Right. Oh, exactly. And again, it goes back to that. You don't know what you don't know till you don't know it. And so Joe is now, he's a perfect, perfect example of a, of a person who was, you know, supporting his family, doing, doing great work, vital, vital member of the community. Yeah. This one tragic, accident happened we are now two and a half he is now two and a half years post injury okay but the one thing I will say about Joe is that he has just such a resiliency about him as most people do of course um never it never ceases to amaze me how resilient people are um Joe's resiliency has allowed him to um he has now just entered into a partnership with a friend of his, and they've created their own company. And nice. they're going to do home remodeling and assist people with accommodation with, for example, bathroom remodels when they come home and they have to have their whole bathroom remodeled in order to be able to get into it using a wheelchair. Stop it. Yeah. Oh so, you okay. know, so um, Joe's using his the skills that he had, the skill set that he had before, um, and now he's, he's not able to do a lot of the hands-on work, but he's able to do the designs yeah, and, and create the plans for that. Well, and so. also to be able to take like such an amazing <laughs> skill set of being like a carpenter, yeah. this guy that can do all these things, mm-hmm. and then having a, a brand new sort of outlook on the world generally and be able to use that skill for mm-hmm. something even maybe bigger and yes. better, right? It's kind of fantastic. Yes. I I'm always curious. I get it that when we do like conversations like this, I'm always like, what, what is the call to action here? Right. And mm-hmm. it seems so simple, like start thinking about yeah. <laughs> just start. about people with disabilities and old and older adults. When you're pl- when you're looking at equity, mm-hmm. I think you have to I mean, just the word itself. Right. 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 It, it, we have we have to think about those who who appear to be more vulnerable off the top when right. we're when we when we start conversations around equity yeah that cannot be an afterthought that has to be right in right in at the forefront of everything that we're that we're looking to change because if if it'll work for for those for those people who have um challenges mm-hmm. 
it, it'll it'll easily work for everybody else, right? Who who don't have the same types of challenges. Yeah, I know we mentioned earlier, and I sort of tossed it out there, and I just want to make sure that we circle back. I I, I yelled out curb cuts, like yeah. it was like yeah. my thing that I'm yelling. But curb cuts were specific to making sure that right on the right on the curb where mm-hmm. you, where it's sloped, yeah. a wheelchair can get up on that um, yes. space, mm-hmm. and it also happens to work for bikes, yes. strollers, right? Like yes. it happens to work for so many other yeah. things. It, for people to get up on, on wheelchairs, people who are using a cane who are visually impaired, yep. right? Um, what's not great is when there's a bump right after the curb cut mm. at the bus stop. Oh, yeah. That which happens. we, you know, that unfortunately also. see some of that too. So Right. So I think it comes back to, number one, thinking about, and I, it seems silly to say, what's the purpose of this? But mm. if the purpose of something is, right, when we think about streets, our street is to get us safely to our jobs, our schools, yes. our health our providers, right? Yep. Then we should be thinking about who all needs to be able to get there safely. Yes. Oh, it's ev- all the people. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Um, and the fact, I think, that we don't um, sort of think of that as a forethought. And it's I don't think that it's I think it's that we're moving too fast. I potentially. agree. I agree. Um, and I also think sometimes, you know, loud voices get yeah. get responses faster. And, right. and, and, and that's good. They should. But I, so I think the call to action here. OK. I, this may be this may be too early in the podcast, <laughs> but I might forget it. <laughs> I think the call to action here is that those of us who are working with people who have quieter voices, mm. we need to ensure that we rally those people and we rally ourselves to make our our unified voice equally as loud mm. as those other voices. Okay. I think if, if there's a call to action, I think that's one of them, certainly. I think that's perfect, right? Be louder for those who are quieter. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, what about um, from a uh, policy or programmatic, like where are the gaps? What can we do to sort of support connectability, mm-hmm. right, at Warm Springs mm-hmm. as yeah. a nonprofit? How do we support you? Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, as employers, being willing to... to um, look at a person with a visible disability Mm. um, as a very viable part of the workforce Mm -hmm. um, is certainly something that I think, something that we see every day. Not looking at that person who comes in for the interview as, oh my gosh, that's an accommodation I'm going to have to make. Right. (laughs) Looking at that skill set and realizing and and, um, educating ourselves to know that there are lots and lots of agencies out there that can help employers make those accommodations free of charge to the employer. Sure. Um, and some of those accommodations are so small. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I think that would be something that would be wonderful because we have so many, unfortunately, with with especially with spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury, you know, we see a disproportionate amount of, of that happening to young men, right? Okay. Um, for various reasons. Yeah. You know, young men are young men. Okay. They take unnecessary risks sometimes. That's, that's, that's part of it, right? That's you say just, that as the mother of as a As the young mother man. of an 18-year-old, <laughs> yes, they take unnecessary risks. So we see that mm-hmm. a lot in that, and that is at the beginning of their life. Okay. And oftentimes we see that they're not able to, to reach their fullest capacity and, and contribute to our to our wonderful community near as much as they could and would Mm. if if they didn't have this disability doesn't mean that they're not perfectly capable of contributing yeah of course um 
but oftentimes we we have these blinders on and we think that that you know it that that injury um uh, that that injury caused them will cause them not to be able to to work or lead right, a right. productive life and that's certainly not the case especially you know, when you see such a large group of young men yeah, of course. That, this, that this has happened to. So I feel like there's like the, I, yes, I'm like, yes to everything. I've got the calls to action completely. I hear them. I'm ready. And I also think that you are um, asking us to sort of, uh, who be better as you like, just be better. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think I'm thinking just the word community itself mm. makes you think of inclusion. Sure. Of course. Right. And, and I think sometimes we have to step out of our own way sometimes to include others. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I think that that's, that's just something, if we can keep that at, at the top, top of the mind, um, that really it's about people being fully included in their communities. Yeah. Right? And so that means they need to be able to get to where they need to go. They need to be able to do that spontaneously just like anybody else. Right. Um, you know, and they need to be valued um, for all of the contributions that they can make. Don Dixon, thank you for coming and being on our second podcast. <laughs> oh, this is second. Just so this, second. This is an inaugural. It's the second it's one. It's second. Okay. I, we've done one before. Okay. So thank you for coming and, and doing this. You're welcome. And, you know, being smart and saying really <laughs> smart things and not locking your knees and falling I know, down. Because I'm was, standing because yeah, I couldn't was, sit on the stool. It's all right. It's fine. We'll figure it out. We're working. We're in a closet for crying out loud. All right. Listen, you can hear about everything that Don was talking about that we mentioned here on the podcast today at klrn.org slash the story goes. Um, everything is linked there. Um, and this is our second one. Number two. All right. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> and I'm Molly, and this is the collaboration between KLRN and SA2020. Uh, and thank you so much. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to do a number three. <laughs> It'll work. Hashtag number three.